Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access, but how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings by filling at your own hospital pharmacies? Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx Benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies, from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years, and our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems, with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Welcome to The Bo and Luke Show, a podcast designed to inspire you to be better, know better, and do better. You can connect with Bo and Luke on social media at The Bo and Luke Show, or send us an email at fanfeedback at com. Brought to you by Sound United. Without further ado, let's get after it. Bo and Luke Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Bo and Luke Show. We're so happy to have you back. Today we have an amazing guest. His name is Sari Ibrahim. He founded Financial Asset Protection after learning about the infinite banking concept, also known as the bank on yourself concept. I love that, Luke. Bank on yourself. I think that is just an amazing, it's an amazing phrase. Uh, Sari saw this as an opportunity to save retirement accounts, real estate properties, businesses from market failures and other risks. He believes the number one rule to your money is to make sure it lives somewhere safe and accessible. Sari states when working with the clients, it is never an either or situation. It is a both and situation. We want you to integrate the solutions we recommend alongside your business and real estate portfolio to have a double compounding effect on your money. That's what we want. Mm. Sari, welcome to the Bo and Luke show. Hey, Bo and Luke, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. We can't yeah. wait to we can't wait to dig into this. We need yeah. you to teach us how to be rich. All right, sorry. <laughs> Sounds <Yeah>. good. <laughs> and don't tell me that we're too old to start. That that won't sit well. <laughs> well, let me start you with this. Let me start you with the scenario, and then we're just going to let the conversation just naturally go where it wants to go. But I think a lot of our listeners are at a point in their lives where they're just starting to make some some good money, right? And now they have this crossroads that they go to. Mm, do I get that really nice house? Do I get that brand new car, right? Should I get that Mercedes or something like that? And that's an option. They can do that. But a better option would be obviously to bank on yourself and to make that money work for you in the future. Mm -hmm. What advice do you give to people that are in that scenario? And let me put a twist on it. This person also doesn't have an insane amount of financial literacy. They're not crazy about going and investing, right? What's your advice to them just to get started? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that example. So the first thing I would do is I would get to understand this client, you know, their uh, financial objectives. I would get to understand how money was growing up for them. Um, I would kind of, I want to know more about their financial health. Um, typically like this would go through like a financial analysis, it would, financial analysis, it would take about 60 to 90 minutes to do. And it would be really like understanding their financial situation. You know, like, for example, you know, they're not that financially literate, you know, they have, you know, they came across extra money, you know, well, how much money, you know, how frequent is it every year? Is it every month? And then I want to identify what it is that they want to, to do with this money, their, their objectives. And then after that, we would do the solution where we present the solution to them. Now, one solution that I could just kind of just a generic solution I could think of right now is we would do something with the bank on yourself concept. And I can get into more on that later on. But you know, with the bank on yourself concept, you mentioned something, you know, you asked something that was pretty good is that do I, you know, buy this nice house or this nice car or do I save it for the future? Well, with the bank on yourself concept, you could do both. You could mm. save for the future, grow it over time, and then still be able to access that money to buy that car or home or whatever it is that you want to do. So that way you end up with both, you, you know, the both end situation. You have the cars and you have the home and then you have, you know, the cash growth in the later years. Wow. I think that that option would be attractive to like everybody on earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that because oftentimes when you speak with um, different financial advisors, different companies, it's, it never seems to be the, the both and right. Yeah. It's, it's one, it's usually one or the other. It's you got to put all this money away because yeah. you want to have X amount of dollars in retirement to live on. Right. You know, based on lifestyle and all, the, like you said, the financial uh, analysis that you go through and you don't often hear that bank on yourself, um, which is, what I, is really what intrigued me to you and having you on the show, because I think it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you for that. So, you know, one problem I'm seeing right now, and, and and please, I don't mean to, you know, bash other financial advisors out there, other financial planners. I think they're doing a wonderful job. But one problem I see right now in like the financial services world is that it's too commodified or commoditized in the sense that like there's a like a lot of advisors already have um, uh, an objective already in mind or a method already in mind before even getting to know the client. Like for example, they meet with a financial a client meets with a financial advisor and the financial advisor is like, all right, let's do 20 grand a year in the stock market, you know? And, and, and this, the financial planner or the advisor already probably had that in mind before meeting the client. And I think that could be problematic. Again, I'm not bashing, you know, all financial advisors out there. I think they're doing a wonderful job. I just think that that's one problem right now. That's equivalent to like, you know, going to the doctor's office and walking into the doctor's office and the doctor being like, hey, I have the prescription ready for you. And you're yeah. like, I didn't even tell you what was wrong. You know what I mean? You didn't even ask me any questions or anything like that. And, you know, the doctor has to diagnose and figure out what's wrong. And then after they figure out what's wrong, they have to make a suitable recommendation, one that's relevant to your health and to, you know, your financial, your, your, your health situation. And then from there, and the same thing is true with financial planning. It should be like, you know, the, the, the planner should get to know the client, know where they want to go, understand, and then make the relevant uh, recommendation, not what, the, not what the advisor could do or can do, but what's in the best interest of the, of the client. Yeah, no, I think that is. I think that's spot on, right? Yeah. And if you met more people like that, um, that just seems, because what, what you're talking to me just makes sense. That mm-hmm. just is like common sense that you'd want to understand the client first, right? Mm-hmm. Before you have some pre, pre-modeled financial plan for them based upon, hey, this is the model that I use and I use this model for every client mm-hmm. type of thing, right? Well, I guess knowing what you're getting into too, because a lot of these advisors are just, I mean, they're staying in their lane. Like I, yeah. I like how you said, like, I'm not bashing on them because I mean, what they're doing is they're selling mm-hmm. prepackaged 
uh, investment deals. Basically, mm-hmm. we're like, no matter what you say in this interview and what your goals are, the answer is going to be, let's put it into Calamos and BlackRock. And here you go. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's tons, they're staying in their lane. And I'm not saying it doesn't work because it does. Like you mm-hmm. will perform at a moderate rate there uh, year after year. It's proven for a lot of people, but, mm-hmm. but I see what you're saying. It's like, you know, going to the doctor and they just want to, they want to, you know, give you the prescription before they even uh, diagnose the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So sorry, what, what drew you to this line of work? What intrigues you about it? Yeah. So I've, I've always been intrigued by problem solving, um, kind of identifying problems and solving them. And I was, you know, you and I talked about, you know, the MBA, MBA program, that was a lot of the MBA program that I did. It was, it wasn't so much of exams. It was more so of like public, you know, presentations, uh, doing PowerPoints and really, really like questioning things. I had a professor that kept saying like, always like, just keep questioning things. You will be questioned a lot in your life, you know, always have your brain open to, to, to different questions and, and have the answers ready, be prepared for these answers, you know? So that kind of got me thinking that changed the way I was thinking. That was probably the, the best thing I got out of the MBA program. It was just a way of thinking about different things. And um, I, I wanted to uh, be a project manager, a project manager, but I ended up getting into the insurance field. I worked at Allstate Insurance and Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, in Chicago. And I really started to enjoy the way that insurance companies operated from their risk management perspective to their sales and marketing. And that opened my eyes up to, uh, to uh, marketing and as well as to, to working with people and money. I would have, I became very comfortable talking to people about their money and then vice versa. People started to become more comfortable talking with money with me. So they would, we would merge from insurance to, oh, you know, I, I only make $80,000 a year by the time I pay taxes and pay my mortgage, I'm only left with, you know, X amount. And I started to have these conversations and I started to, you know, I told myself, you know, if I could have these conversations comfortably, there's probably more I can do in the space. And then that led me into financial planning. It led me to find the bank on yourself concept. I ended up going through the bank on yourself training. It was like an eight-week training. I went through that, became a bank on yourself professional. And now that's, you know, that's that's the main focus of the company, financial asset protection. It's that we mostly help clients who are real estate investors and business owners with the bank on yourself concept and financial planning. And, and it's been wonderful. You know, it's been wonderful the years of, of being able to kind of almost and I'm guaranteeing what's what's going to happen. You know, as far as the bank on yourself concept, it is based off of guaranteed principles. So I'm not just it's, it's not all just all talk. You know, like I'm you know it, it's it's concrete material that I'm helping clients with, and that's the that's the best thing about it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, are you able to share like some of those principles with the bank on yourself concept? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for you know, so for some people that are familiar with it, you know, for for those who aren't familiar with it, it's based off of you know um, uh, the use of cash value whole life insurance. You know, and and people are always like, you know, I didn't think that you know whole life insurance could be used really for like living purposes. You know, but it does have you know with with whole life insurance, it has two aspects to it. It has the cash value, and then it has mm-hmm. life insurance. The cash value is like a savings account inside the policy. Now, yeah. now here's the thing to remember is that I'm not saying to go out and buy whole life insurance. I'm saying we want to use it for specific purposes. So in this situation, it could be used to grow guaranteed wealth. And the reason why it could be used to grow guaranteed wealth is the way that insurance companies operate. They operate different from other financial institutions. Now, we're not talking about like a massive rate of return. It's a very conservative rate of return you know, three, four, sometimes 5% every year that you're going to get in the whole life policy, but it doesn't stop there. It actually starts there. So we have this whole life policy, for example, we're building up the cash value. It's growing conservatively. Let's just say 5% every year. 
And now we have the ability to borrow against it and then use for other investments that could potentially yield eight to 10%, like passive investing in real estate or active investing in real estate or investing mm-hmm. in privately held companies or whatever it is that you want to do with that money, you could actually do with that money. So that's what we're doing. We're It's both and in the sense that we're building up these cash value whole life policies, being able to borrow from them and then use for uh, for other investments. Yeah, which in essence, you're, you're, you're borrowing your money from a whole life policy. It's, it's, in, in essence, it's borrowing what the cash value that you've, that, that has grown inside mm-hmm. your policy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I get it. It's kind of like doubling your money because you get a line of credit off your own savings. It's just collateral towards your, de- your debt, right? Or, or your collateral towards whatever investment you're making. Exactly. Yeah. It's entirely about collateralized debt. The, the, the whole use of the infinite banking concept. It's that, for example, you know, I have $120,000. I'm going to take it, put $120,000 into a whole life policy from there, be able to borrow $100,000 to finance a rental property, rent the property out, take the rental income, use the rental income to pay back the loan. You know, just that's just one example, you know. So, you know, you're, you're having money kind of compound on each other and use in different areas. Let's say something happens, you know, in this example, where you buy a single property home um, and then something happens in the real estate market, it crashes and values drop 50%. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I hope not. But let's just say it does and values drop like by 50%. The whole life policy does not drop with it. So you have an asset that's not correlated with the stock market or other or the real estate market or other markets out there. That I think is the... One of the most important things about it is that you have something that's growing, an asset that's growing, that's not going to be affected or hindered by things that you cannot control. But we still want to invest in different places, right? We still want to invest in the stock market or the real estate market or other places because you could potentially earn more than you could in the whole life policy. One problem that I see here is that people will say, instead of doing whole life insurance, do real estate, or instead of doing whole life, do stocks. And the problem with that is that you you know you don't have to choose one over the other. You could do both, like you said. You could double your money and do both. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a, a foundation. Your foundation is solid because if something does happen, you still have the core to fall on. And then you know I want to just add one more thing is that you know people ask like how is it that whole life insurance companies or life insurance companies how is it that they they could produce guaranteed returns every year no matter what happens in the market? And it's because of the way they're managed and the way they operate. So typically insurance companies are managed differently than banks. They, they have to have by law in each day, they have to have cash reserves in place to maintain all of their liabilities. Uh, and there's a book called All About Annuities. And the, the author writes, the author mentions that if you were to take all the life insurance companies in the United States, there's about 2000 life insurance companies. If you were to take them and pool all their capital together, it would be greater than all of the banks and oil companies in the world combined. So that kind of gives you a visual of how much these life insurance companies actually have in cash reserves, not in leveraged money, in actual in their reserves that they, they, they have to keep by, by law, by each state law. So that's how they're able to guarantee these returns every year. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So what about, you know, one of the things with, even though it's, whether it's whole life, term life, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. um, because the, the, the other concept behind, like you're talking about, um, you still have the protection in the case of death that yeah. the whole life policy still has, still has the life insurance protection with it, right? So your beneficiaries still get paid whatever the value of the, um, or the, the, the amount that you insured yourself for, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that still exists. So now take someone if they're middle-aged or mm-hmm. 40s, 50s, and does this still work for them? Is there, or is the policy going to be too expensive for them um, to come in on? I mean, what are you seeing in that in that realm? 
Yeah, definitely. Awesome question. So this could be applied literally anybody who's still in college, who has just a few hundred dollars a month from a part-time job that they could save all the way to somebody who's 75 years old. Like I have one client who's 72 years old. He's a real estate investor. He he sold one of his properties. He had like $400,000 in cash. He was able to take that immediate, all that $400,000 buy a single premium whole life policy. So there was no premium. There were no monthly payments after that. just a one-time payment. Yeah. And put it into it. And then he has an immediate death benefit of like, I forgot, it was like five, seven or $580,000. So right away, he just turned 400000 into $580,000 in potential life insurance money. Mm-hmm. And since he's older, you know, that, so in other words, we were able to, to, to do that with very little time. And then versus somebody who's 30 years old could do a policy, you know, every month could fund it. And then by the time they're 70, you could have like a million dollars in cash value. So to answer your question, there's a lot you could do. And it all comes down to the financial analysis. You could do a 30 or 40 year solution. You could also do a one to three year solution for sure. Wow. Luke, had you ever thought about that? No, but I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> yeah. I had never. Um, yeah. Even in all the different life insurance policies that I've had, um, I've, I've never even been presented an option of like a one-time Mm-hmm. Just a one time buy a policy for one fee up front, and that's and then have a strategy behind it like you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, th- that's the thing. That's another reason why I got into the space is because there's so much that other people when they think of life insurance, most of the time it's just term insurance. Like you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm going to do a 30 year term policy. That's the situation most of the time. Where it's just if something were to happen to me, you know, my wife or beneficiaries would get you know a million dollars or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a very, um, there's more to it. And, and again, this is not meant to say that whole life is, is better than term life. It's just meant to say that, you know, if you laid out all your financial objectives and then were to choose any, any method out there, um, whole life, cash value, whole life properly designed, cash value, whole life insurance could be the best fit. If we were to lay out all the financial vehicles out there. And again, it doesn't mm-hmm. stop there. It starts there. So once we do fund the policy, then we could borrow from that invest in stocks or bonds or, you know, anything that you want to do essentially at that point. But I think that's a good replacement to savings accounts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause today, I mean, it's, it's mind boggling how low it's, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost zero, practically zero, right? Yeah. Uh, Savings, CDs, money markets. I mean, it's almost zero, right? I, I think those vehicles today are just a place to, if you want to put your money in there for hopefully reducing temptation to spend it somehow, um, because there's no harder to get to. Yeah. It's harder to get to. Right. But um, there's no, there's no return. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Very soon we're going to start having to pay banks to keep our money in the savings account. You know, that's how low it's getting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. You're going to, you're, they're going to, the only way for them to make money is to charge you (laughs) the customer. Right. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. It's so crazy. It's like a bet on odds with life insurance though, right? Like you're, you're betting that you're going to die and the <laughs> insurance company is betting you're not going to die. And somehow there's a formula where they figure that out. And they're going to come out ahead based on however many people they insure. Yeah. And that's the, that's the concept behind term insurance for sure. Cause you have your actuaries who, who mm-hmm. haven't run, run all the numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the last reports I read the, the number of term life policies that actually pay out, it's really low. It's like less than 10%. Less than 1%. Oh, less than 1%. See, I knew it was low. I didn't know it was that low, but it's, wow. it's low, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's because they either cancel them 
um, or they end up surviving throughout the whole period, which is good, obviously, you know, but yeah, with term, it's a matter of if with term life insurance, it's a matter of if the insurance company pays out. So in other words, the insurance company is getting into the term life insurance business to for a 99%, over a 99, 99% chance of not paying out. Whereas whole life is a matter of when they'll pay out because, you know, somebody who's, for example, 40 years old, there's a whole life policy. Uh, once they get approved, it's almost guaranteed that the insurance company will have to pay out a death benefit because there's no there's no cancellation, there's no end date. There's technically yeah. an endowment period, which is age 121. So in other words, if you live all the way till age 121, you get the entire death benefit from the That's insurance company. That's awesome. <laughs> you probably won't be able to enjoy it that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. Yeah. Wow. That was just, that really makes you think, doesn't it, Luke? I mean, yeah. you really makes you think about like how to, how to, cause I like what, I like what Sari's talking about. And, you know, it's not just, Hey, I'm trying to sell you life insurance, right? This yeah. is a financial plan. This is, is this a vehicle that might be an option for you? especially if you have other objectives, like he's talking about, mm-hmm. get to know your clients. What is it that you're out to achieve, right? This might be an option that makes sense for you. Um, yeah. Definitely worth talking to someone like Sari um, if you're in this, if you're in the financial planning, um, mm-hmm. looking for a financial planning, financial advice, because you have money, you want something to do with it, protect it, protect your assets, be in real estate, have a portfolio, start a business, whatever those things are, um, mm-hmm. wow. It's fascinating. I like it. Yes. This is good stuff. Sari, before we let you go, I need you to tell people how they can get a hold of you and give you all of uh, their money to invest in <laughs> the smartest way possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. I, I appreciate being on and the, the question you guys asked, you guys asked a lot of good questions. Uh, one thing that I, I recommend clients to do is, is read books about this, you know, read or listen to podcasts about this. There's a book called becoming your own banker by Nelson Nash. I actually have a, I have a copy of that book. I can send it to you for free if you reach out. Uh, if you go to our website, which is uh, finassetprotection.com, it's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. There you could schedule an appointment. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can see our YouTube channel. And I, either whichever way you reach out to us, I'll send you a free copy of the, the book, um, Becoming Your Own Baker by Nelson Nash. So that's a good way to kind of get a better idea of this concept and how it works. Cool. Siri, are you, able, are you able to help potential clients in any state because you're in Illinois. Okay. So you don't have the limitations. You're good. You can help them some way. Yeah. All 50 States. And I can help them in Canada too. I would just find um, like a suitable um, advisor in Canada and then I can connect them that way. But in in all 50 States, yes, I can help them. Nice. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. No limitations for there, for everybody Mm -hmm. in the U S listening. Yeah. Think about that. Um, Reach out to Sari, schedule a time with him, set up a, set up a calendar, Zoom call, whatever the case might be, and start this conversation. Might be yeah. well worth it. The sooner you call, the cheaper it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It was fun being on here. Yeah. No, we appreciate it. That's down and dirty. Um, we're already almost, you know, 30 minutes in. That's how, that's how this stuff goes because it's a great topic. I'm always looking to help people be better, know better, do better. And this mm-hmm. is definitely one of those topics to enlighten people and educate um, I learned stuff during this call in just 30 minutes. So for everybody listening, really, you know, it's short, hit the pause button, rewind, go back, listen to what he's saying. If you have questions, reach out, right? Because you're learning something and it's always good to learn and improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Cool. Excellent. Luke, any follow-up, any follow-up last, last comments, and then we'll call it, a, we'll call it, a, we'll wrap it up. 
everyone get after it. There's no excuse to wait. Stake your claim in this financial world and let's go get it. For sure. Thank you guys. And thanks so much for being here, Sari. Thanks, Bone Luke. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, you're most welcome. Bone Luke Nation, that's a wrap. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday. You can subscribe to our email newsletter for information on upcoming guests, giveaways, and more. Rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to our sponsor, Sound United, for quality broadcast audio throughout Season 2.